We are closing out this series called Uphill Habits. How many have you been enjoying the series so far? It's been good? Has it been helpful? I hope it has. Um, we've been looking at these habits that we need to have in our life that are God habits. And so if you got your notes, wave them at me. Just pull them out so I can see that. Okay, good, good, good. So we are a note-taking church, and I uh, encourage you to follow along. You got the scriptures right there for you. You can also follow along on the YouVersion app and, and get the notes that way if you want to. But uh, we've been closing out this series today. We're going to close out this series today um, with habit number four. And before I share that, let me share with you just a little bit of, of, of a recap of where we've gone. So if you want to write this down, we've been writing it down for three weeks. We're going to write it down for the fourth and final week. And that is that most people have uphill hopes. Can you help me finish it out? But can we put the slides on the back, guys? Um, uphill hopes, but downhill habits downhill habits. So we, we talk about this idea that in 2018, we have these dreams and these visions and these desires uh, for what we want in this new year. So we want to we lose weight or we just want to we we make more money or we want to have a better marriage or we want to just grow closer to God. All great things, all uphill hopes. The problem is though, we got all these downhill habits that never ever help us get there. And we always come back to this beginning of the year trying to figure out, how do I get those? And so we talked about Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Whatever you're repeatedly doing over and over again, that's who you are. You form your habits, and then your habits form us. So we've been looking at this verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, kind of as our theme verse. And so I want to I put it on the screen. We'll, 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 uh, let's reference it and talk about it for a minute. Fix your attention on God. How many know in 2018, if that's all you do, you set? You're, you're good right there. But, but we want to do a little bit more. It says, you'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what he wants from you and quickly responding to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So we've been talking about this idea that God wants to bring the best out of you, and, uh, which, which tells me this, there's still best to come. How many know 2018 can be your best year yet? And God still wants to bring the best out. And so the way that he does that is by helping us create some God habits. Now, we've all had habits in our lives. Some of them were good. Some of them were not so much. We've tried even doing things well and then just come up short. How many know we start off inspired? Often we're very inspired. With your hopes and dreams, you're inspired. Um, but how many know inspiration doesn't last long? Anybody try to go to the gym? <laughs> You're like, one-year membership. And then February, they're like, we haven't seen you. <laughs> like, oh, I'm trying. It's, here's why. Because inspiration can only go so far. You actually need some actual habits to put in your life that can actually change you. And I'm going to tell you, most preachers, by the way, are inspirational. You walk out and you feel inspired. The problem is the next day you don't know what to do. And so uh, what we try to do here at OSC is to give you not only inspiration and inspire you, but actually give you some tools and give you some things that can help you on Monday. Because how many know if you go to church on Sunday and it doesn't change the way you live on Monday, don't go to that church. You need to be in a, come on somebody, is that not true? We want to go to church on Sunday because I need God on Monday. And so we want to we look at how do, we, how do we develop these habits. So here's the three habits we've talked about. Let's recap real quick. Habit number one was I'm going to focus on what I do first. That what you do first sets a precedent for the rest of whatever, your life, your week, your month, your year. So we, we talked about let's put God first in the beginning of the year. So we did 21 days of prayer. You made it to day 21, by the way. Come on, somebody. 
you can have a piece of cake tonight. Um, or whatever it is that you're fasting or food or however that goes. I just want to let you know that I was Dr. Pepper free for 21. I was, I was Dr. Pepper free for 21 days. This is no lie. This is no lie. And uh, I was able to do it. I didn't have any sweets. I, I, I was able to, to go. I, I can't say that for other years. But uh, this year, I, I, I stuck to it, and I'm uh, thankful for that, even though Pastor Bubba kept ordering it when we go out to eat, and then he'd forget, oh, you're fasting. And then the lady would be like, that's okay. And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. Just take it out. <laughs> take that out. Please take that away. But it's all good. We're good. And uh, we'd laugh all the time when it happened. But, uh, but we have come to the end of 21, so thank you for going through it. Did, was it life-changing? Did it help? I hope it did. Um, but now we, tomorrow's day 22. And so, but I believe what you did for the first beginning of the year is going to set the precedent for the rest. You want to know what the secret sauce to our church is? We're a praying church. We believe that prayer is what sets us up for the rest of the year. So I'm excited for the rest of 2018. We talked about the beginning of the year. We talked about putting God at the beginning of the month, putting God at the beginning of the week, which is what you're doing today, by the way, here at church. We set the precedent for the rest of the week. I mean, your week just goes better when you get some church on Sunday. Anybody just just sets it out. It doesn't mean it's not going to be hard, but it just sets it out and goes. And then, of course, putting him in the first of our day that we just commit to the Lord every day to give him our day. So that's the first habit. Second habit, habit number two, was that I'm going to keep my life aligned with my purpose. And Pastor Bubba brought this message, which is an incredible message about our purpose and, and our why, why we're created in the first place. And you would be surprised at how many people don't know why they're actually here on the planet. They know that they're supposed to be here, and I know I'm supposed to love God and love people, but what does that actually look like? And so Pastor Bubba just unpacked this idea of why we need, why God has a purpose for us, how do we discover that purpose, and then how do we live that out every single day? Last week was habit number three, and we talked about controlling my thoughts. And, uh, and we, we talked about this idea that, our, that and what, the way that we guard our heart is we guard the door to our heart, which is our mind. If we want to change our life, we have to change our mind. And so we looked at this idea that when we change our mind and change the way that we're thinking, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, when I renew my mind, that my life is transformed. So how do we combat the lies of the enemy that want to plant seeds and weeds in our heart? And how do we make sure that we are cultivating a good mind? Today, habit number four, the last and final piece of the puzzle, is write this down, that I'm going to choose my relationships carefully. I'm going to choose my relationships carefully. Pastor Jacob says this all the time, and Pastor Bubba and I always say this as well, if you've ever heard us say this, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your relationships. How many know if you got bad relationships, you probably got a bad life? If you got some good relationships, you probably got a good life. And it's so true. The sum total of your life can be derived from the people that you spend the most time with. And uh, I want you to listen to me very clear, carefully. The most important, the most important, outside of your decision to follow Jesus, the most important decision you can make in your life is your relationship decisions. Most important. Who are you going to marry? Come on, how many know that's pretty important? And if you don't agree with that, you're not married. Um, or you're married and anyways. Okay, so, uh, so who are you going to marry? And then, and then who are the people that you're going to do life with? Who are you going to walk with in this life? Uh, Proverbs would actually say it this way. Proverbs would say, a mirror reflects a man's face, but what he is really like. If you really want to know what a man's like, it's shown by the kind of friends that what? 
that he chooses. Notice, we, we choose our friends. And it says, you, you, you want to know, know what you're like? Just let me, give me the top five people you spend most of your time with, and I'll tell you exactly what you're going to be like. And it's so true. It's so true. How many of you have seen that play out with your kids? Anybody? But the same is true for us as well. Um, and it's not just for our kids, that the people that we spend the most time with, that's who are around. So before I dive into some real practical things on what we need to do with relationships um, and the type of relationships that we need in our life, I want to begin with us looking at four areas when it comes to this area of relationships that we need to be mindful of. So if you're taking some notes, I want you to write this down. Number one is that we need to nurture my important relationships. We need to nurture my important relationships. All of us have very important relationships, whether it's a spouse or your kids or uh, uh, parents or in-laws or best friends or whatever, but everybody's got very important relationships. And, you know, in these past 21 days, we've been asking people to submit prayer requests and, you know, we've been praying as a church for a lot of people's needs. And can I tell you what the predominant majority of people's requests have been? It's been three categories. One has been finances. Two has been healing that people are, a lot, a lot of people are sick. And then the number three, which is probably actually the most requested, is relational issues, marriages, um, just some struggles that people are having. So I've been doing a lot of praying just for marriages in our church and, and even outside of our church. And, and I'll have guys come up to me and say, man, Pastor Josh, listen, man, just the fire's not there anymore. You know, it's just not, it's just not there anymore. I said, well, listen, that would be me like looking at my fireplace that's in my house and going, you know what, there's no fire in there. It's not a good fireplace. It's just not a good fireplace. Well, how many you know, I probably need to go get some wood. Yeah. Come on, somebody. I need to go, I need to maybe go cut down a tree, okay? And I chop up some wood and put some wood in that fireplace. Because how many know, how many know a fireplace looks sexy, but it takes work? <laughs> Anybody got a real fireplace? Like, I'm not talking about the one where you're like, hey, baby, I want a fire. Sure. <laughs> like, I'm not, okay. I'm not talking about that, okay? All right? You fancy. You don't, listen. That's not a real fireplace. Okay, let me tell you what a real fireplace is. All right, listen. Lindsay's like, baby, I want a, I want a fire. I'm like, I want a fire too. Anyway, okay, so I want to. <laughs> two totally different things. See, men work, men. Okay, so I said, but do you understand what that's going to take? Uh, so I, I got to go, okay? So I, I got to go and open up the fireplace, and then all of the ashes from the previous fire, I've got to get this big old bucket, and I've got to clean out, and I got to sweep it, and I got to clean all that out. And then I got to go outside and get all of these, this wood that's, that's out there in my, in my front porch. But unfortunately, it's cold outside because that's the only time you make a fire is when it's freezing. So I go outside in the cold, and now I'm moving all of these logs into this big old bucket that I have, and I'm getting splinters all in my hands. <laughs> I'm loading up all this wood because I only want to make one trip like when you go to the grocery store and you come home and you want to do all the bags at once. <laughs> come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't want to do two trips. I want to do one. Stack them on me, baby. <laughs> that's, how I do, that's how I do wood. Stack it all on there. Now, unfortunately, the bucket is like 300 pounds, and so I'm deadlifting this thing all the way back into the house, dragging it into the house. Now I've got to set out all this wood, strategically plant it within my fire blaze. I've got to get newspaper and kindling and all this stuff underneath that, and now I'm trying to do it. I light it, and I'm going. <laughs> this is sexy, huh, baby? You want fire? Okay, I'll get you. I'll get you a fire right here. You get all the fire you want. <laughs> And then I got to sit there and I got to fan this thing and I got to keep it going. Come on. How many know that's work? Everybody wants a fire. It's all sexy. Nobody wants to do the work. 
And so after I do that early in the morning, you know, the last week when it was all of our icy and freezing and, 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 and I had to go to work and I got this fire going and, I, you know, I, I look at my oldest and I say, listen, you got one responsibility. What's that, dad? Keep the fire going. So I come home, you know, I come home from a long day and I go in, I look and the fire's still going. I'm like, come on. And Lindsay's like, I did that. <laughs> so I mean, no, if you let a 13-year-old keep that fire going. This is, and this is the reality of honestly what it is to have a relationship. And, and many of us think that if my relationship is hard work, then it's not a good relationship. That's wrong. If it's a good relationship, it takes a lot of work. How I many you know people need to get that before they go into marriage in their premarital counseling? This is going to work. You got to work to make it work. And most people think that they can just get into marriage and start coasting. But how I many you know I can throw five logs on that fire and get it going and blazing? But how I many you know if I don't keep throwing logs on? Y'all with me? And by the way, it's a lot easier to keep a fire going than it is to start one from, brand, from scratch. God can start one from scratch, by the way. He's so good at that. He can rekindle. So if your relationships are dead and have no life and no spark, God can put a spark back there. But I'm just letting you know, it's a lot easier for you to go ahead and just throw some wood on the fire than it is for you to try to raise the dead. Y'all with me here? Everybody with me? So we're going to nurture. We got to nurture our important relationships and realize that it takes work. And I, I want to tell you, grass is not always greener on the other side. The water bill's a lot higher. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Uh, I just need to get a new wife. No, you need to get a new attitude. <laughs> Listen, if you would just water your own grass, it would be green. Just got to water it. Got to put, put some logs on it, okay? We got to nurture these relationships that we have. Any great, healthy relationship takes work. It takes work, which goes into the second thing. Well, actually, let me read this verse. Uh, 1 Peter 4, 7, and 8. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. And above all, above all, man, let's love each other. What? Let's love each other deeply. And here's why. Because love covers up a multitude of sins. Come on, how many of you know you didn't realize you were as good of a sinner as you were until you got married? You're like, man, I thought, I, I thought everything was good. I didn't realize how selfish I was. And then God was like, ah, here's some kids. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, my God, I'm really selfish. Right? But when you, listen, love sounds good when you're not in relationship with people. But when you're in relationship with people, it's work. Because you see their junk and they see yours. And so the, the scripture says, man, let's love each other deeply. And the way you love each other deeply is, man, you cover up each other's sins. Listen, and, and, and that doesn't mean to excuse it. But, man, I'm going to cover for you. Because, listen, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, and we're in this thing together. Y'all with me? Okay. All right, so that's number one. Number two is I'm going to restore my broken relationships. i got to restore my broken ones. Now, listen, this one's painful. Remember, we talked about uphill habits, that they're not easy. If everybody, if everybody did this, it, they, they don't because it's not easy, especially this one because this one is restoring something that's broken. But can I tell you, the pain of fixing a broken relationship is better than the pain of the broken relationship. Yes. And you need to endure and embrace the pain of fixing what has been broken. Romans chapter 12, you don't have it in your notes, but you can maybe just jot it off to the side to study it later. Romans chapter 12 says this, if at possible, be at peace with everyone. If at possible, meaning that sometimes it's not possible. 
that you've done all that you can to try to restore it, um, but they don't want to. How many know it takes both? It takes two to tango on this thing. You, in order to have a great relationship, it's got to be reciprocated. But I just got to make sure that I'm doing my part. That way I can say I've done all that I can. And so we've got to be committed to restoring broken relationships. Look what, uh, look what it says in God's word. This is what it says in Colossians chapter 3. Bear with each other and forgive. What's that word? Did y'all not read it with me? Forgive what? Whatever. whatever. So what do I need to forgive? Well, whatever. Whatever the grievances that you had against them. You need to forgive. You need to forgive. Forgive whatever. Now watch this. Here we go. And forgive. Here's how you do it and why you do it. You're going to forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now that, that part of that verse is also in another part of Scripture, and it's in a prayer. What prayer is that? Does anybody know? The Lord's Prayer. We discussed it in the Facebook devotionals that we did as we went through the Lord's Prayer. And one of them is that we're asking God to pardon our sins but we're only asking God to pardon our sins to the degree that we're pardoning other people's sins. I'm only asking God to forgive me to the degree that I'm asking that I'm forgiving those that are around me. And, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's nothing that can keep a relationship more broken than unforgiveness. It's what will destroy relationships. It'll destroy, and by the way, unforgiveness hurts you. It doesn't hurt them. It hurts you. It keeps you in prison, and they get to go run around scot-free. They did something to you, and I'm not saying that what they did was not wrong, but the problem is they're going about living their life, and you're living in a prison of unforgiveness. And it has held you back from having any other relationships. And so, yeah, maybe you can't restore that relationship. Maybe you can't restore that marriage. Maybe you can't, but we're going to do everything that we can to try to restore broken relationships, and we're going we're gonna to forgive as God has forgiven me. How many of you have been freely and fully forgiven by Jesus? Raise your hand. If you have been freely and forgiven by Jesus. Yes, all of us in this room, by the way, you can lower your hands. Now, how many of you would agree that it's hard to forgive other people, though? <laughs> Let me tell you why. You ready? Because you think what they did to you is worse than what you did to Jesus. Isn't that true? See, I can't forgive you for what you did to me, but I can ask God to forgive me because what I did to you, God, that wasn't really that bad. But what they did to me, oh God, cut them off. And it really is. Until you come to the realize that God has forgiven you so much, but when he was on the cross, when our sins put him on the cross, by the way, the Bible would even describe that Jesus was so beaten and bloodied that they couldn't even recognize that he was a man. And he, when he was on the cross, that Jesus looked down and said, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Come on, how many know when you've been fully, freely, and forever forgiven, how many know it's so much easier to forgive others? But you've got to realize how bad you were and how much God forgave you. And then as, as you do that, that goes. I'm not saying it's easy. It's a lifelong process, and it, it needs to be taken process. It, you need to go through the process of that, get an inner healing or get in freedom and allow God to do that work. But you, you got to start the process of restoring broken relationships, which leads to number three, which is to sever any harmful relationships. Sever any harmful ones. Okay, now let me tell you what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about your husband or your wife. <laughs> Pastor Josh said, man, this is done. All right, you are, you are harmful. All right, you out. Okay, I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about when I talk about harmful relationships, I'm talking about relationships that don't improve your life. 
that, that don't help you in any way. They don't better you in any way. Honestly, if anything, when you're around them, it gets worse. You always seem to be around, the, every time you're in trouble, it seems to be all around these guys or these women. And, and so we got to sever those relationships. And I'm going to tell you right now, one of the areas you got to watch it, especially, is in the area of social media. You've got to watch it, like with Facebook. I've seen more marriages destroyed because of Facebook, because people have used that to private message old flings, little things here and there. I, I read a story recently of a, of, a, of a husband and wife that were, were cheating on and finding a way to cheat on each other on Facebook by messaging different people on Facebook, and they made an arrangement with a, a, a person, each one of them found a person, made an arrangement to meet together, and when they went to meet, it was each other. <laughs> imagine what that meeting must have been like. Hey, oh, hey, babe, what are, you, what are you doing here? Just going out for a stroll in the park? What are you? The, and, and here's the crazy part of that story. They were so mad at each other, they got a divorce. Listen, if, if, by the way, if you do have a Facebook you're, and you are married, your spouse should know all your passwords. If you have any secrets whatsoever, so when women Facebook message me, my wife knows. She knows. I'm not opening that door. I'm not opening that door, not having these conversations. If you come to our office, you'll look at all of our pastor's offices. They all have glass windows in the doors. Um, don't counsel with women alone. I just don't set myself up for that. And some of you have set yourself up for that. And that's the reason why you're in the predicament you're in, because you have been flirting with fire. And listen, you will be burned. Go read Proverbs 5, 6, and 7 and find out what happens when you flirt with that stuff. I always am reminding myself constantly of not only my, my incredibly beautiful wife and my incredible three boys, what would happen if I was to mess up, but I think about you. I think about the pastors who have done so much damage in the kingdom of God because they did not put up parameters. They didn't sever harmful, and can I tell you right now, if you are having a, a, a relationship right now online or maybe even at work or there's some, sever that thing right now. Amen. Girls, if you're dating a guy and he's just pushing you and pushing you and pushing you to do things that are not godly, cut him off. Cut him off. Because I'm telling you, it's only going to lead to a place of pain. And I know there's an, some enticement that's there, but I'm telling you, it's going to lead to a place of pain. We've got to sever. Hey, listen, it's not easy, but it's worth it. Amen. Come on, somebody. Let me give you the next one. Ready? Well, actually, let me give you these scriptures. He who walks with wise grows wise, Proverbs 13. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Watch this, 1 Corinthians 15, Don't be misled. Don't be misled. Don't be misled. Hey, you know why he says that? Because we're going to be misled. Don't be misled, don't be misled. Can I say this? Every single morning I drive my boys to school. Every, every morning as I'm pulling up to Hathaway. All right, as we're, as we're pulling up, I'm going to drop off. I say, guys, all right, listen. Bad company corrupts what? Bad company corrupts what? Good character. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad good character, dad. All right, listen, I know. But what I'm telling them is, listen, watch who you hang out with. Watch who you hang out with. Watch who you hang out with. If you want to know why your life is always ending up in a bad place, watch who you're hanging out with. And how many know that's not just for teenagers, that's for us as adults. We got some negative Nancys all up in our life. Get them out. 
Get them out, get them out, get them out, sever, 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 okay? Which now, okay, we've talked about severing and restoring and, and nurturing, but let's talk about this fourth one, which is that we're going to initiate some meaningful relationships. We've got to initiate some. See, most people want healthy relationships. The problem is they don't want to initiate them, which means you're going to have to start some new ones. Maybe you've got some, some old ones that need to, need to kind of go away, and you need to start some new ones. Proverbs 10, verse 25 says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, so some are in the habit of not getting together, and he's saying, let's not do that. Let's get into the habit of meeting together, and let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I want to give you four relationships that you need to initiate. You've got to initiate these. If you want 2018 to be your best year ever, I want you to listen to me closely. These relationships you got to have. You have to have these. So if you're taking notes, write this first one down. Number one, I've got to develop my relationship with my church. I've got to develop my relationship with my church. Now, if you go in the New Testament, there are 30, 30 commands in the New Testament that you cannot fulfill unless you're part of a local church. You can't do them unless you're part of a church. Scripture would say it this way. This is what it would say in Ephesians. Look what it says <laughs> in Ephesians chapter 2. You are, what's this word? Come on, 930, help me out a little bit more. You are members. members. You're members of God's very own family. Now listen, we say this all the time, but, but we can't say it enough. Church is not a place you go to. It's a family you belong to. It's a family you belong to. And so that's why we said, when, if you're new here, welcome home. Because church should be home. Church should be a place that you, you spend time with your family because you're members of God's family and you belong in God's household with every other children. So you belong in this home. Now there's members that are part of the family and then there's, there's just guests and attenders. And we have those in our, in our home as well. People come and they're guests and, and you know, we treat them well and we feed them well and, and then they leave. Um, but you, I, I, my prayer is that you would move from being just an attender to actually becoming a member. Now, listen, if you're brand new, like this is your first Sunday, you're like, man, he wants me a member already. No, you're fine. You're good. Sit, enjoy, relax, soak it up. Maybe if you came from a really rough just church experience and you're like, man, I just, I don't know about all this. I, listen, you can come here, kick the tires, check out our people, find out if this is where you need to be. You're totally, there's no pressure. There will never be pressure, by the way, to ever be a member here. But I do want you to hear God because I'm going to tell you something that you need to hear very closely. You will not experience the best of a relationship until you commit to it. See, listen, Lindsay and I at one point were attenders. I would go to her house. I'd pick her up. I'd take her out on a date. We'd go to a movie, and then I'd go back home, and then I'd drop her off, and we attended. We attended like that for a while. But on April 12, 2003, I became a member to the Lindsay Club. <laughs> It's a good club to be a part of, but it only takes one member. Y'all are all out. It's only one club. And I said, will you marry me? And she says, I do. And I said, I do. And it went from attending to membership. And how many know membership has got its perks? And, man, y'all stop. Y'all are just. And membership also has its responsibilities. Y'all with me? So it, it, it does have its perks, but it does also have its responsibilities. And, and I'm trying to get you to move from having an attender mentality. Uh, you know, I could go and then I'd drop her off when I was a tender and go do whatever I want to do. The problem is now that didn't happen anymore. 
When I became a member, now it wasn't just me, it was a we. Now I had responsibility. Now I had to take care of her and myself. And y'all with me here? It just changed a little bit there. There came membership perks that came with that, but there's also came responsibilities that come with that. And I'm just telling you, I, I want to see you move. If this, if this is your home, you feel like this is where God's called you to be, to move from just showing up on a Sunday and attending to getting into the family and becoming a part of this family. That's why when you, you go outside and you'll see our, in our merch area, we have shirts that say, I love my church. Notice it doesn't say, I love Pastor Bubba's church or Pastor Josh's church or I love that church or even I love our Savior's church. It says, no, no, I love my church because we want this to be an ownership, not a renting, an owner. This is your house. Those are your chairs. This is your kid's building. This is our parking lot that you need to hurry up and pave because it's terrible. All right. This is ours. This is our house. And when you go sporting around in the community that I love my church, and so, it, it, honestly, for a lot of people, they don't understand it because you know why? They don't love theirs. And so they look at that and go, I love my church. What church do you go to? And you're like, oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you why I love my church and what God's done. It's an incredible way for God to use as a conversational piece. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you sport a I love my church shirt and you drive crazy, take the shirt off. Um, <laughs> You got, a, I love, you, got a, you got an OSC sticker on the back. Just If you notice, my truck doesn't have a sticker on the back. It's, uh, no, I'm joking. But I'm just telling you, listen, we, we've got to own this. Listen, you see trash on the ground? That's your trash. That's, you know, I tell my boys at my house, like, this, is y'all, this isn't mom and dad's house. This is our house. So that, guess what? You got, a play, you got a role to play in this. That's your dishes. That's your, yo, anybody with me here? But they also get perks of being in my house because they get Wi-Fi and they get Netflix and they get fed and they get, come on somebody, they get the benefits of it too. So, so we need to develop, you need to have, and listen, it might not be this church and I'm totally fine with that. OSC is not for everybody. I understand that. It, it may be another church. You just need a church that you can develop and you can build relationships. You got to have a church family. Get in one, find one and get plugged in. Miss Tracy says this all the time, that, that we are, that the, those who are planted in the house of the God, of God will flourish. So get planted and watch what God does. Here's the second thing, write this down. I'm going to develop relationships with godly friends. Godly friends, what do you mean by that? What, 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 is, what is godly friends? Godly friends are that every time you're around them and every time you leave them, you love God more. So how do I know if I have godly friends? Well, when you leave them, do they push you to love God more? Do they, do they encourage you to stay committed in your relationship? Do they push you back to, do they give you good godly counsel? That's godly friends. And, and we need to develop more and more godly relationships, godly friendships in our lives. And the way that they did that in the New Testament church, when the New Testament church was birthed, is they, they would come into these large gatherings like this in temples, and then they would meet house to house. So during, they would come once a week to the temple, and thousands of people would gather together and worship God, and then they would go meet house to house and do life together. Acts chapter 2, you look in your message notes, it says, all the believers met together constantly and shared everything with each other. And so for us, we, we, we do that within life groups, which is why we're kicking off dozens and dozens of life groups today. Because, listen, you can't just stay in this big crowd. You can easily get missed in this crowd. You can just slip in and get your church and then leave and never be known. And that's, that's fine. And you can do that for a little while. But eventually, you need to be known. And you need a place where you can share. Share what? Everything. 
You guess what you need to share? You need to share the real you. Because how many know when you come to church, you wear a mask? You, 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 you somewhat wear a mask, and, and there's things about you that nobody else knows. There's things about me that you don't know, and you ain't going to know. I'm just letting you know that right now. So stop asking. But listen, I, I don't have to tell everybody, but I'm in trouble if I don't tell somebody. Whatever you're going through right now, you don't have to tell everybody, but you better make sure you're telling somebody. Somebody better know what's going on, which is why we do groups. This is why we do life groups, so you can, you can get in a smaller context and go, hey, listen, man, how's your week been going? Not good. Talk to us, man. What's, what's happening? How? Man, listen, I blew up all my kids. And then all the other dads are like, me too, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> man, I just... And I want to love God, but I blew it this week, man. And you can have someone that can just speak life and encouragement into you. And so um, I asked people in our church if they would be willing to share what God's done in their life since they've been in groups. Because it's one thing for you to hear me to tell you to be in a life group, because I'm the pastor. It's what I'm supposed to do. But it's a whole other thing for you to hear people in our church that weren't big on groups and then got into the groups and then what God did in their heart through those groups. So I'm going to, I want to share a couple of these stories. I'm going to share three of them. We got so many of them in, uh, we'd be here all day. So I'll, I'll only pick three of them and I'll share more of them. Maybe in the coming week, we'll share more on our Facebook page so you can hear some of these stories they are so powerful. This is Anna. She said, I moved to Jennings in 2015 because of domestic violence within my marriage. So not, not a good situation. I slowly, but surely at the end of 2015, I started going to a women's life group. I never opened up or talked. But those ladies loved me, and they enjoyed me being there anyways. Fast forward to 2017, God led me to join a freedom group, and that is where God stepped out, and he showed off. Now watch this. I am now free of everything from my past. Come on, that's some good news. My walk in love with God is greater, and is all because those around me who kept encouraging me and lifting me up, even though they didn't know anything about me. Come on, that's a good story. That's what it's about in that regard. The next one, Jacques, he said, God has used freedom in life groups to help me open up to men with my life problems and not be ashamed of them. Almost every man I shared my story with. Now watch this. I'm going to pause here because I hear this all the time. People say, nobody knows what I'm going through. Or, I'm the only one going through this. Watch. So almost every man that I shared my story with had or was going through the very same thing. How many know that's the lie of the enemy to make you stay isolated, that nobody knows what you're going through? These men of God have helped me grow in my faith and shown me how I can become a better husband, a better father, and a better business owner for God. Come on. Come on, Jacques. This last one, this is great. So this is Amanda. Sitting back over here. She said, I went to OSC for the first, now watch this, so cool. I went to OSC for the first time because of Jennifer Lott invited me. I went to Next Step because of Sarah Richard. I went to a life group because Christy Petrie encouraged me to. I served on a dream team and took freedom because Pete and Tina Thompson, my freedom leaders, Bridget and Daigle, uh, Bridget Daigle and Amanda Cormier were awesome. Then she goes on and says, I made so many God-given lifelong bonds in that group. Jan Miller is such an inspiration. I was then a co-leader of a freedom group with Chandra Connor. This was a God thing because I stepped out in faith. What's my point? Here's the point. God is going to God is going to put the people in your path to help guide you, and all you've got to do is say yes. Say yes. Say yes. So I've shared this a number of times, and I'll just share it real quick one more time. You know, before you knew Christ, 
Think back to junior high, high school, college age, maybe even older. Maybe, maybe you're just now learning about Christ. Maybe you still are far from Christ. I want you to think about this. When, when you didn't know Christ and people would come up to you and say, hey, man, you want to go to this party? You'd say, what would you say? Okay, don't act like you better than what you are. Man, I said, no, I want to stay home and read my Bible. Shut up. No, you did not. You did not. You're like, yeah, man. <laughs> what time? Hey, man, we're going out to the bar. We're going to go drink, man. We're going to go have a good time, man. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. And the things in your life before Christ, everything that you should have been saying no to, you were saying yes to. Now, you get into church, God starts really doing stuff in your heart, God starts changing you, maybe you get saved, you surrender your heart to God, but then you start hearing things like, man, why don't you get in, go through next step, man, get in, get in, a, get in a freedom group, or get in a life group, or hey man, just take a next, get on the dream team. And when you should be saying yes, now you're saying no. So before Christ, you were saying yes to things you should have been saying no to. And now after Christ, you're saying no to things you should be saying yes, yes to. What would it look like if this year you just decided yes? Yes. Hey, man, let's, let's get you. Man, why don't you come be a part of my life group? Oh. Yes. What'd you say? Yes. What did you? Yes. Hey, man, come, come. Why don't you, why don't you come do this? Uh, I see. <laughs> That's for all the Mexicans in the house. Um, what if you just said yes? Which actually leads me to my last and final point, and that is that you've got to develop your relationship with God. I mean, if we can sum up this whole, this whole series, I think it's all built around this right here. We've got to develop. Circle that word, by the way, develop. You got to develop. I mean, you got to put some work in. You don't just you don't just get a good relationship with God. You got to develop a relationship. Now, I want you to think about this. What would it what would it look like? Have you ever imagined what it would look like if you just did go all in? Like if you just did say yes? I know there's all these fears and all these. <gasps> what are they going to say? And I don't like being around people. And I don't I don't know. I know there's all that that's in there. But what if you just said, you know what? Forget all that, because the way that I've done it hasn't worked. So, yes. What if we just went all in? Isn't it amazing that, uh, especially in Louisiana, that we can say yes and go all in for a sports team? Come on, somebody. Can we, we, we can go all in for LSU. We can go all in for the Saints. I mean, we can, we can get up early and go drive hours to this place to tailgate for hours to spend God knows how much money on this game to eventually get into this game to clap and shout and high five strangers for them to let us down in the last three seconds of the game. Okay, I just put it out there, all right? It's so frustrated right now. But isn't it crazy that we can go all in? We got, the, we got all the paraphernalia. We're all excited. We're high-fiving. We're, we're, man, we are pumped up about this team that no, doesn't even know your name and care. And yet we go half in for a God who's delivered you, saved you, freed you, blessed you, been there for you, never been there. Come on. Does it not make a little nonsense that we give something to people who don't care about us, but we won't give our best to the God who cares everything about us? 
So, man, I'm going to make a commitment this year to give everything that I have to the God that I love. And here's how it works. Ready? Watch. Last verse. I promise. This is, this is the verse. Jeremiah 29, 13. And you need to go read 14, too. But I'll let you go read that. But Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, like if you just go all in, everything you got, here's, here's, what, here's the promise. You're going to find me. You're going to find me. See, in 17 years, uh, next month, I mean, think about it. Ms. Trace, I was thinking about it. Next week, we celebrate 18 years as a church. 18 years next weekend. <laughs> Super Bowl weekend. 18 years, Pastor Bubba, 18 years ago, Pastor Bubba, Miss Tracy started this church at the Holiday Inn on Super Bowl Sunday. And so next week, we're going to celebrate 18 years. And so Pastor Bubba's been, Miss Tracy's been out this for 18 years. I came in about six months after that and been at it for 17 and a half years alongside them. And I'm going to tell you one thing that I've noticed as a trend in the 17 and a half years of people who just don't really make it in their faith is because they say this, man, I tried God. I tried God. I tried that church thing. I tried that. And I'll look at them and go, listen, you try ice cream, but you don't try God. God is either, you're either all in or you're all out. There is no halfway. You're either all in this thing or you're all out of this thing. The Bible actually would describe that you're not either hot or cold, that you're lukewarm, that he's, he's got a disposition towards that. Can I tell you, God just wants you to go all in. He wants you to go all in, all in. I'm going to tell you, if, and God will do whatever he's got to do to get your attention. I'm going to share this last story and then, then I'm done. Three days ago, I got a message on Facebook from a guy that I've never met in my life. And he starts it off like this. Good morning, Pastor Josh. You've never met me. I live in Alexandria. I've never been to your church. But I just want you to know that your church has changed my life. He proceeded to tell me that for the last year or so, him, him and his wife, they've been married for six years. He's got two beautiful daughters. And for the last year, his wife and him have been having just a lot of issues. He said, I just want to let you know, December 31st of 2017, so literally just, you know, three weeks ago, it was the worst day of my life. He said, I was offshore. And I got a message while I was sleeping at 4.30 in the morning. I woke up, I looked at my phone, and it was, a, uh, it was someone I, I didn't know. It was an unknown caller, they didn't have a number or anything. And it was a text message letting me know that my wife had been cheating on me for the last year. I never knew. My world was rocked. He said, I got up and I drove home immediately. He said, what this person didn't know is for the last two months, I had been asking my wife constantly if she was cheating on me. And she kept telling me. She put her hand on the Bible and said, no. He said, I went home and he said, she knew she was busted. He said, but on the drive home, I just knew that something, God was going to do something this. He said, I, I, I was raised Catholic. I haven't really been in church that much, but I just, I know about God. He said, I got home. He said, my wife left. He said, that night I... Uh, I had my girls by myself, and he said, and I, I talked to him for an hour actually yesterday on the phone, and he's, he's telling me a lot of these, filling in all of these details. He said, I bathed my girls for the first time. And he said, and it was like God rocked my world to show you've put everything else ahead of your wife. 
Doesn't mean that what she did was right, but he was an avid hunter. He was an avid sportsman. He was a great worker. He was an incredible provider. He had realized that he had negated his one responsibility, which was to take care of his wife. He said that night, God just rocked his world. He said, he went, he said, uh, he said I was just in, in hope and despair. He said, I went, went back offshore a couple days later. He said, I'm sitting down with a guy that's on my work. He said, it's just literally, it's, it's a two-man platform. It's me and him. He said, and the guy saw that I was just distraught. He said, man, how, what's going on? He said, he started sharing this story about what his wife had done. And he said, uh, man, I don't know. He's like, I just believe God wants to do something in this. He said, the guy looked at him and said, listen, I don't go to this church, but I live in Jennings. And there's this church called Our Savior's Church. And um, man, God's been changing a lot of people's lives there. I think you should look it up. So that night he got on Facebook and noticed that we were doing 21 days of prayer with our devotionals. So he watched the first one and said, it was, it was like just God was speaking. He said, so I went back and watched all the other ones that I had missed. He said, I also went and found Crowley and started watching all of Pastor Zach's that he did. And he said, I just want to let you know, I followed for the last 21 days and I talked to him yesterday on the phone. He said, it's changed my life. He said, I started telling my wife about it. He said, so my wife started watching all of these. He said, last week we went to church together for the first time in a long time. And he said, what the enemy meant to destroy my marriage, God is now used to redeem and strengthen my marriage. And I just want to let you know, thank you. How? How? And so he, he, this is, so the conversation yesterday was like, man, he's like, I need a church. I said, yeah, you do. I said, I know Jennings is almost three hours away, but you're welcome to come. And so he said, hey man, can OSC be my my church away from home for right now. I said, absolutely. We'll send you podcasts and stuff. I said, but I'm going to be committed to help you find a church there where you live. And he realized he couldn't do this alone. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can't do it alone either. You need people. You need people. So on your way out, you're going to have all these tables with all these life groups. Just get connected to somewhere. Get connected to somebody. God's got a divine connection for you if you'll just say yes. Amen. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray, Lord, for every person that's in this room right now. Holy Spirit, speak. Speak, speak, speak. God, we invite you in this moment. If you're here in this room and, and you have not gone all in when it comes to your relationship with Jesus, listen, there's no pastor, no priest, no program, and no place that can fix that. It's only Jesus. He's come and he's drawing. Today, you're here today. And all throughout this message, you've just been feeling him drawing you, calling you. If you're here in this place and you want to walk out of this place with the full assurance that you're born again, that God loves you, that God's forgiven you, that if you die, you'll be in heaven. If that's you, you want to surrender your life and put him first. Go all in. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hands up. One, two, three. If that's you, if that's you. Wow. Hands going up all over. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Over here in the middle, over here on the left, back there in the back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Over here in the middle on the right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Can you just repeat this after me? Come on, I just want everybody to pray with all you got. We're going all in. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. Today, I repent 
and I turn to you. And I put you first from this moment forward. Renew my mind. Renew my heart. Give me a fresh start. Give me relationships that further my relationship with you. In Jesus' name.